All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. So, as we've been reminded, tonight begins the month of Elul. And the month of Elul initiates a period of introspection and reflection for each one of us. But I'd like us to think about this in a different way this year. I'd like us to consider how reflecting on where we stand with God might be reflected in how we treat one another. You see, here's the thing. Most of the time, when we think about the period of Elul, it's this, it, we turn inward. And we look for those things in our character that maybe we think may be a flaw. And uh, so sometimes I think it winds up being uh, more about me than about you. And I was thinking, you know, why don't we turn the tables on that? And instead of concerning ourselves with our own self-improvement, uh, consider the, the improvement of others. So I want to take a look at that and reflect on that a little bit today uh, in some scripture in Parsha, in Parsha Ra'eh and uh, also in the book of Galatians, the portion that was just read for us um, by Elisha from the New Covenant. So Albert Einstein uh, asked the question. He said, what is the meaning of life? He answered saying, the man who regards his own life and that of his fellow creatures as meaningless is not merely unfortunate, but almost disqualified for life. So we have a saying in Judaism then, that all Jews are responsible one for another. You see, my life must mean as much as your life means. It's not just about me rising to some spiritual level that makes me feel good about my relationship with God. It's about what I am doing for you. Albert Einstein knew this, and he goes on to elaborate how he thought about, and this is a man of incredible self-awareness, when he says, I considered how much effort it takes others in this world to sustain my existence. Have you ever thought about that? All the people that are involved in making sure that you have everything that you need. And he said, and I consider that it is my responsibility that I must make every effort to give back as much as I get. If we had a world that lived like that, how much better that world might be. So let's take a look at some things. If you have a, a Bible, you can turn with me to Galatians chapter 1 for this first portion. And in chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 6, in verse 1, it says, it says this, Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. You see, it's necessary for us to live together in community because it's not what I do individually. You know, I could, I could uh, cloister myself in some hole in the ground like monks often did in the Middle Ages. And there I could commune with God 
for the rest of my life and feel wonderful about it. But how would I know? How would I even know whether I am worthy of the Lord? I'll tell you how I know. I know because you let me know. Dorothy talked about reflection earlier today. Not only must we be a great reflection of the Lord our God the best as we can, but we have to reflect that in one another. I bounce me off of you. In fact, let me tell you that most of us never experience God in any other way than through another human being. That's how we know. We become the measure of of that by how we see ourselves relative to one another. We need each other. And so here, the Rav Shaul tells the people, listen, if if someone is found in a problem, then it's our responsibility to help them to be restored. You see this? Looking to yourself so that you, let's see, Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. The objective is restoration, not condemnation. I need that from you, and you need that from me. So during this period of the season, if we do any internal reflecting about the things that we may be, that may be shortcomings in our lives, let's use that to help somebody else who might be in the same boat. You see? Because one day or another, we'll all be in that same boat. Another reason I need you is because there are a lot of pressure in, pressures in this world. They come at you from every angle. And without the community, you will be sucked away by them. It's impossible to resist the currents of this current world without an anchor. In the faith, I thought that uh, David's illustration for the kids was magnificent. Label upon label upon label, and this is the way the world wants to operate with you. To label you one way or another, confusing you until you just capitulate to whatever they decide you are. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too the wrong color. You're this. You're, the, you're that. You're too stupid. You're none of those things. As David taught us, we are the children of God, and that makes us very special. But you see, I need to tell you that often, and you need to tell me the same thing as often as you can. It's the only way we resist the currents of this world. Secondly, if we're going to be reflecting on who we are, we want to reflect it in a way that allows us to be responsible in other ways for each other. So again, in this Torah portion, we already heard this one uh, read for us. It says, There shall be no needy among you, since the Lord your God will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as a hereditary uh, portion. So not only are we responsible for caring for each other's spiritual needs, We need that. But we are responsible for one another's physical needs as well. You know, it says in the letter of Yaakov, 
If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what, is, what use is that? You know, prayer without doing does not do a whole lot. It just doesn't. This is Jacob's word. You can pray for a brother, but if you don't do it, if you haven't helped them, then you haven't then you haven't done anything. So we need to be willing to give of ourselves, to give of our substance. And you know, it's it's kind of interesting in today's Torah portion. Uh, in Deuteronomy 15, there it, there's a seemingly discordant set of uh, word, you know sentences. It says. There will, there will be no poor among you, since the Lord your God will surely bless you in the land in which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance to possess. He tells us that there will be no poor, because God's going to make every provision for everybody. But then he says, but there shall always be poor in the land. And he makes provision for what to do with a poor brother. You see, How can all of those statements be together in one passage? The fact of the matter is, is there are poor people and there will be poor people, but we're supposed to take care of the poor. What do you think is probably the most most discussed principle in the Bible? That the thing that God wants us to do most, if you were to go through the entire Torah and Haftorah, you, what do you think is the most important commandment in the whole Bible? Besides love your God. Compassion? No, take care of the poor and the disenfranchised in the world. I guess God is into social justice. That is, that is discussed more than any of those other things you want to consider sin in the world that, think that people do that are so terrible. Not taking care of the poor is the greatest sin of all. This is true religion, to take care of the poor and the widow, the orphan. This is James' words again. I think we've got it all screwy in this world when we talk about, you know, human ethics. We, we, we want to jump on, the, on, you know, issues of whether people are godly and whether they're gay or whatever it is that they, those things bother us to pieces. And yet we're perfectly willing to ignore the poor. Why? I'll tell you why. Because it says here, God is giving everyone the opportunity to do well. But sometimes there are going to be poor people because they messed up on their own. Do you think that because a person messes up on their own or some circumstances hit them and they become poor, that you have no responsibility for them? They did it to themselves. They're lazy. They're stupid. God does not excuse us. He says we're still responsible because there will be no poor in the land. And I'm giving you all so much that you'll have enough to share with those who are stupid or who get in trouble. Or maybe they have a disability. Or maybe they have a health problem that they couldn't control. 
I'm giving you all of that so that there will be no poor in Israel, and you will have an opportunity, because there are always poor, so you will always have an opportunity to fulfill this mitzvah. Can we change our way of thinking about this thing in such a way that it could really make a difference, at least in our own community and maybe in the whole country? Because God certainly has blessed America in just this way given an overabundance of everything. So why should there be any poor in the land? We have a, we have a great opportunity. Now only, if only we can change our hearts. So that means looking at ourselves during this month of Elul and saying, what can I be doing that would make it better? Instead of resenting those who, don't, who can't pull themselves up by their own bootstraps for whatever reason, see it as an opportunity to make a difference. Finally, you might say, you might disagree with me and say, listen, you know, I'm not responsible for the fool, for the person who can't, who's given every opportunity but just can't make it on their own for whatever reason. And God says, yeah, well, if that's your attitude, I'm going to be angry with you. Because he says in verse 10 of chapter 15, he says, You shall generously give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all your undertaking. In other words, that by taking advantage of the mitzvah, God pours out a blessing on us when we have open hearts and open hands. God fills us up to overflowing. Can you live by that principle? Can you live by the notion that by giving more away to those who need it, you will receive more in return? More than you could ever do for yourself. You see... I believe the world should work like this. It's like I believe about a marriage. In marriage, when I'm counseling young people who are getting married, I tell them this. I say, listen, the first thing you need to do in your, in your relationship from now on is need, you need to look out for the other one. If you look out for him and he looks out for you, both of you will be looked out for in this relationship. If, on the other hand, you look out for yourselves, you look out, he looks out for himself, she looks out for herself, it becomes a competition about who gets the upper hand. If we live in a world where we all look out for one another, all of us will be fulfilled. So this year, as we go through the month of Elul, I want us to think about the other, not ourselves. Or at least to think about when we reflect on ourselves and the things we are and the things we want to be. That we look out externally toward others so that we might be able to help, give help in time of need. If we can persist in this, I think we can do marvelous things with one another. 
make this place a greater place, make the world a better place to live in. Messiah Yeshua, uh, the Lord our God, says to us, For the poor will never cease to be in the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall freely open your hand to your brother, to your needy and poor in your land. And don't worry about it, because for every one you, you help, I will pour out a blessing on you more than you could know. And in the book of Galatians, as it ends this portion, verses 9 and 10, it says, And let's not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. In other words, listen, will there be fools who continue to get themselves into trouble? Probably. Yeah, and there will always be the poor folks who just can't get themselves out of the rut. But if we keep doing good and do not grow weary... He says, so then when we, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So Lord our God, during this period, during Elul, as we begin to surrender our hearts to you and look for your guidance in how to improve our lives, perhaps, O oh Lord, we can start by improving the lives of others. Bless us, O oh God. And lead us to redemption 40 days from now. We pray this, B'Shem Yeshua, the means of our redemption. Amen.